Misses the throw, pocket collapses, he backpedals, pumps once, sidesteps the tackler, runs to the right, 15th, pumps, fires, end zone, caught, touchdown! Don't forget about the Ravens. This is a team that has Lamar Jackson Great. going into a big season contract-wise and a bunch of guys who want to prove that last year was an aberration. It was not what they are. Um, I really only got one message right now for all the questions, you know what I'm saying? So every question is going to come after this as respectfully as I can say as possible. Just watch how we bounce back. That's all I got to say. I hit the booth and I just went super saying I run with the purple like I play with the Ravens. These bitches ran a Raven. Hope I never have to go back watching. Everybody loves Raymond eating Raymond. Nigga, this paradise. Life's a fucking paradox at paradise. If they not rolling with you, then they parasites. Nigga, I had that vision. It was clear in sight. Nigga, shine down. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode two of Ravens Universe. It's your boy KJ here. Um, going to do a little pregame preview of Ravens versus Miami Dolphins this Sunday, uh, airing at one o'clock. Um, if you haven't tuned into the Jets review, um, be sure to check that out. That is my the first episode for this podcast. It's a little rough. I didn't put a ton of preparation into it, but um, really just wanted to kind of get things in, get things down, and kind of see how my systems are working and audio sounds and everything. So um, everything should be figured out at this point. But anyway, thanks for tuning in to episode two, uh, Ravens versus Miami preview. So a couple things I'm going to do with these previews. I'm going to look to highlight key matchups, what each team has to do to basic to uh, what I think each team has to do to win this game. And then um, for this specific episode, since the Ravens and Dolphins played last year, I actually went through the I rewatched that game and went through the game tape to uh, bring out some interesting trends and um, game plan kind of things that Miami and the Ravens did last year, and uh, something to possibly see um, this weekend uh, preparation wise. So let's get into it. Ravens one and zero, Miami one and one and zero. Both teams coming off pretty uh. I would say impressive wins. Sure, the Jets um, are a team that should the Ravens should beat, but then you got a couple other um, factors in there. It's 9-11 at home, emotional roller coaster. Um, you know, New Jersey was bumping, rainy, tough weather, gritty game, and then you got the old Flacco first game against the Ravens. So Ravens um, ended up. Did a good job that game. Now, on the other side with the Dolphins, they got a good win in division opponent against the uh, Patriots. So, that's that's always a good win for them. Um, all right, so we're going to start into key matchups, okay? Actually, no, let's do this. I uh, actually did some pretty decent um, notes in preparation for this podcast, so hopefully you guys enjoy. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of go position by position and tally up and see who has the advantage. So, at Balt- uh, for Ravens, obviously, we got Lamar. And Miami, they got Tua. Um, gonna take Lamar in this one, and that's purple tinted sunglasses off. Um, I think anybody would take Lamar here. Um, Tua, I don't think he got a fair shot. Honestly, I think that that whole Fitzpatrick thing just was kind of unfair. Honestly, but um, at the end of the day, this is his year to prove that he belongs on this team and in the NFL in general. Um, I don't think if he the Dolphins don't do well, and specifically if he doesn't perform well, and him maybe being the reason they can't get over the hump, he may find himself in a backup role um, for the rest of his career, possibly. But um, that is to be determined. Um, he also kind of reminds me of that kid. Like if you if y'all played sports, there's always that one kid on the other team that if you really go, if you give your 
you know, your best effort guarding him, say it's basketball, and you guard him, you know he's not going to do much. However, if you underestimate him just a little bit, he can torch you. Um, he kind of reminds me of that kind of kid, that kind of athlete, all right? Um, he's more mobile than Flacco is, all right? And um, as far as arm talent, Flacco can make any throw. I think he has a better deep ball. But uh, Tua's still got it, and he has a lot to prove. So he's got that chip on his shoulder and a lot to prove. So you can't count that dog out of the fight. Let's go to running backs. Ravens, their, uh, their workhorses are going to be Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake. Um, and then the running backs in the Dolphins backfield, Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaskins, and then Raheem Mostert. Um, I would say the running back, the backfield is definitely an advantage for Miami. They got younger backs. They got more um, athletic and uh, athletic backs and dynamic backs. I mean, Chase, Ed- Chase Edmonds, you're looking at more of their receiving back. Miles Gaskin had a really good season um, two years ago um, where he kind of jumped onto the scene. And then Raheem Mostert is a legit Olympic, um, Olympic level. He has Olympic level speed. So... Three different dynamics for that backfield, whereas the Ravens, they got two veterans. I mean, Mike Davis, a little bit chunkier of a back, but, I mean, he's still got it. He's fairly explosive when he needs to be, and he's actually a surprisingly good um, receiving back. Most people don't give him credit for it, but um, he's got great hands, and is, if you look in his career stats, he has some impressive um, receiving uh, statistics out of the backfield. Kenyon Drake um, had a pretty had an explosive season a couple years ago with um, the, who was it? The Arizona Cardinals, I believe. And then, um, since then he's kind of been around, obviously he was cut by the Raiders this, um, training camp, which is why we picked him up. Had a rough first half. Um, but he's also only been on the team for about, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks at this point. Second half kind of start getting things going. Um, the O-line wasn't great either. So we'll see how that trend continues. He did get the start and the majority of the carries last game. So we'll see if that continues in this game. Let's go to wide receivers for the Ravens. Rashad Bateman, um, obviously the hopeful um, sophomore, looking to bounce um, bounce back from a mediocre rookie season. I mean, had you know was injured the first half of the season, but then played well when he was in their second half of the season last year. Devin Duvernay, well, also Bateman with that 55-yard bomb for the touchdown. So that was good to see last uh, last game. Duvernay... Huge game last week. Obviously, with um, Hollywood Brown off the team, it's important to have somebody to kind of fill that role. And he had a good deep ball and then a good uh, good accurate route running and a good catch for a second touchdown there. And then James Prochet, who's actually been hasn't been practicing much this week. Um, I, I would expect to see um, Robinson kind of take over his role. I don't think our, that boy... Crochet is going to get too many snaps if he even plays this week. Obviously, we can talk about the receivers on the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to give the edge, the clear edge to Miami Dolphins with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Cedric Wilson Jr. I'm not going to talk about those guys. Um, if you're a football NFL fan, Miami fan, honestly, any team, you know that those guys are dangerous and can beat you down the field and make a huge play at any given moment. Tight ends, I'm going to give the edge to the Ravens with Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, and Nick Boyle. We'll see if Nick Boyle plays this week, but Andrews versus Jacecki, going to take Andrews every time. However, Jacecki is a very good tight end who's kind of jumped on the scene the last two, three seasons, and I expect him to have another big year this year. 
O-line. The Dolphins O-line isn't great. The Ravens wasn't great last week. However, it's tough because both teams are playing really good D-lines here. So I'm going to give this slight edge to the Ravens only because I think the Ravens D-line is going to cause more issues for the Dolphins O-line than vice versa. All right, so let's talk about defense. I'm not going to go into individual positions on defense. I'm just going to highlight some key players. For the Ravens, you're looking at Justin Houston coming off a big game last week. Um, a lot of QB hits. Uh, sack and a half, maybe two sacks. Uh, Justin Matabike, he is turning into what I think is you know, a very underrated star in this league. I think this year is when the national media kind of sees him uh, come onto the scene. Marcus Williams, obviously the great... Had a great start to um, his tenure as a Raven last week with 12 tackles, um, one interception, one forced fumble. So can't ask for much more than a new, than a, you know, free agent coming in, hopping into the purple jersey and performing like you expect him to. Marlon Humphrey, um, he hasn't been playing much this week with a slight hamstring issue. I think that's really just them resting him to make sure he's good to go. I mean, a veteran like that. Does he really need to practice too much? Um, let him rest. I'm sure, you know, a guy like that's doing his film study, his work with the team in, in the uh, position room, so I'm not worried about him. Um, Adafi Owe, kind of quiet last week. Um, I think we're going to see him have a much better game, or at least be much, you know, be more noticed this game. Might hear his name called a little bit more this week. And then Patrick Queen, who had a great first start to his third season as a Raven, or as in the NFL in general. Had um, a lot of really good tackles, saw him break through the line multiple times, and just missing some multiple three or four tackle for, four losses. And However, he missed the tackles, but slowed in every one of those plays, he slowed the running back up just enough for someone else to finish the play and either get a tackle for loss or stop at the uh, line of scrimmage. Now for the Miami, their defense, we're looking at Xavier Howard, stud corner, Melvin Ingram, um, Kind of getting a little bit older, a little bit up there, but he's still a very effective pass rusher. Javon Holland. I'm going to talk a lot about this guy. Number eight. He's probably not even well-known, but after watching some film on the Dolphins and watching him in the game versus the Ravens last uh, last year, this guy is a problem. Um, I'll get more into him, but you're looking at number eight. That's a, that's a player I want you guys to watch on the Dolphins' defense this weekend is... Um, Javon Holland, number eight. He plays uh, safety. Well, mostly strong safety. Uh, Jalen Phillips, going into, I believe, his sophomore year out of Miami. Um, he had a very quiet um, rookie season. Well, a very underrated rookie season. It was quietly good. Uh, didn't get a lot of attention, but watching film, once again, la against us last year, he had a very effective game. And then Trey Flowers. Um, I think everyone's aware of Trey Flowers. Um, we'll see how he does this season. So we're looking at advantage Baltimore in quarterback, tight ends, and O-line. And I'd have to say, I think our defense is just going to, I don't know. I'm going to give the advantage to the Miami's defense versus Ravens offense, actually. Yeah. Might be surprised, but that's what I'm going to do. So, so far I have advantage Baltimore for quarterbacks, tight ends, and offensive line. And then I have advantage Miami to running backs, wide receivers, and defense. So I got 3-3. Three, three. I think it's going to be a really close game. I'll go over predictions at the end of this podcast. All right, I'm going to move into key matchups. All right. So 
Main key matchup here for this game is going to be Miami receivers versus Baltimore secondary. Um, very quick receivers. Baltimore is really big this season on, or at least last game. You know, one game's not a lot of tape to look at, but three safeties in at one time. They're playing a lot of dime. For those of you who don't know, dime, you're looking at five cornerbacks out on the field at a time. All right. Um, is, you know, who's Marlon Humphrey going to guard? I think that's kind of what, because Humphrey typically... Um, I mean, we see him playing slot more more often, slot into like a nickel, but more of a slot corner role where he blitzes every now and then, but is mostly following um, some some key receivers on the opposing team. So is he going to be on Waddle? Is he going to be on Tyreek? Is he going to switch? Is he going to shadow one guy the whole game? I don't think he's going to shadow anybody the whole game. I, I don't know. It's tough to tell because both guys are elite um, receivers as far as speed goes. Um, I can't imagine Baltimore playing other anything other than some form of cover three. I mean, if you're going to have three safeties playing in the game, I assume Chuck Clark's going to be that hovering safety. I, If I were them, I think keeping Marcus Williams back to um, help prevent deep threats, I mean, that's his strength. Yes, he had 12 tackles last week, but like I said, we're playing a lot of dime coverage. He was in on a lot of run plays, making some uh, intermediate tackles on catches. I think we gotta let him be that, you know, be that guy that's kind of roaming in the deep zones. Whether it's cover two, I don't see him playing cover two. Cover two is, I think, a death wish against this offense and speed. Because what beats cover twos? You're looking at um, streaks up the middle, outside routes between zones, between that flat and that deep half, which waddle, you know, drag routes. Um, stuff like that is going to be very effective. So I think we look at some sort of a cover three. I mean, maybe we're looking at a some version of a single hot. I don't know. I think we're going to – I would hope they do some sort of cover three um, with our secondary. Um, the next key matchup I have is Baltimore's D-line versus Tua. I'm not even going to say Miami's O-line. I think it's going to be that D-line versus Tua. I think we're going to be able to get some effective pressure – and if we can get as many quarterback hits as last week, I don't think we will because at the end of the day, when you're looking at Joe Flacco versus Tua, Tua's a little bit, you know, he's quicker on his feet, more athletic, younger guy. He's going to be able to escape some of those pass rushes that Flacco wasn't able to last week. Now, something to keep in mind here, um, Baltimore versus Jets last week. Baltimore blitzed 17 times. Out of those 17 blitz. They got two sacks and several quarterback hits, okay? So that's on blitz packages, all right? Something else to keep in mind. Of those 17 blitz, the Jets were 13 for 15 on completions. So that's kind of running into what we saw with Wink's defense the last couple years is living on the blitz, teams know it, quarterbacks know it, so they got audibles they have hot routes and they're getting the ball out quick yes the qb might be pressured yes the qb maybe get hit but they're getting the ball out quick and making completions 13 for 15 is impressive and that's kind of a trend we saw last year so i hope they're either more effective on the blitz or choose not to blitz as much and focus on intermediate coverages intermediate zones and trying to really wish we could rush four this week and be effective rushing four and get pressure with four because we're going to need it on the back end to help guard some of these dynamic receivers Miami has. Um, and lastly, uh, Miami D-line versus the Ravens offense in general. So 
Going to go into this here shortly. I'm going to keep this one quick. Last season, Miami dismantled the Ravens' O-line and disrupted Lamar all game long. So can Baltimore's run game improve enough to keep Miami's defense honest? Last week, we saw the Jets' corners and safeties playing way up. They did not respect Lamar's arm. They did not respect the passing game of the Ravens' offense. And, you know, I would say, um, you know, maybe there's something to say about that. Uh, you know, the run game was bad. And, the, you know, who knows? Maybe the Ravens' pass game wasn't great last season. I mean, so maybe they're right in doing so. But at the end of the day, that ends up being why they got beat. Now, let's go in. Let's dive into this a little bit more. So I actually went through and I focused on Miami's defense. Um, when we played them last week. So if you guys remember last week, I think it was, I don't remember. I think it was week 10. It was Thursday night. I know it was Thursday night football. A game that we expected to win. I think most people expect the Ravens to win. However, those short weeks are tough. Typically you see teams, especially offensive packages, doing very basic things on Thursday night games because it's a short turnaround if they played Sunday. And then, you know, not not a lot to, not a lot of time to install anything new or anything dynamic into the, those offensive packages. And Miami took advantage of that. So hear me out. I'm going to go through quickly every defensive series for Miami in the game last year. Okay, first series they go with a five-two front with a cover two in the back. All right, they're blitzing. They're strong safety most of the time and then leaving one safety as a cover one single high, okay? Based, so they go third and one, Lamar pressured, deep ball. I'm sorry, gets to a third and nine, Lamar's pressured, deep ball, incomplete. Tucker hits a field goal, Rams go up 3-0. Second series for Miami defense. They go with a 5-2 for seven straight plays with strong safety, which is uh, Javon Holland, number eight, which I told you guys you're going to hear his name a lot today. And uh, definitely a key player to watch on the Miami's defense this weekend. That results in a missed Tucker field goal. Now we got um, third. I'm sorry, third series for Miami's defense. All right, they are five-two again for three plays. This time they bring seven in the box. Okay, so a lot of times they go they're going to five-two, and then bringing those two linebackers up into the A-gaps, just sitting there waiting. I think they're just trying to intimidate fa intimidation factor. The linebackers weren't super effective on their blitzes this entire game. The effective part of these blitz packages was number eight, Javon Holland, strong safety. They ran the same defensive play 36 times this game. 36 fucking times. Absolutely insane. Ravens couldn't adjust to it. Greg Roman couldn't adjust to it. Another issue I have with Greg Roman. Not going to get into that this week. Let's let this play out, and I will grill Greg Roman um, when he rightfully deserves it. Um, four series. The different packages they had. Miami goes five, a 5-2 five for one play, a 4-3 for one play, and then seven in the box on one play. Result, three and out. On the seven in the box, um, Javon Holland blitz. Um, twice actually. So again, blitz. He's blitzing off the edge too. He's starting what looks like a cover two, creeping down, creeping down, and sometimes he gets a full head start. 
And then other times he creeps all the way to the line and then blitzes off the edge. Fifth, we're looking at, again, start on a 5-2, linebackers creep up, um, and then strong safety Javon Holland comes up off the edge, and he blitzes, gets to a third down, and complete again. So right now the Ravens have not converted a single third down. Key, key point here. Sixth, the sixth um, series on defense, they go, they start off the series Seven in the box. Seven, actually, not, I'm not even going to say in the box. Seven on the line. All right. They do it twice, and then they go six on the line twice. All blitzing. All blitzing for four straight plays. Ravens get to a third down. Incomplete pass. Ravens are now 0-6 on third downs. All right, so then that's the end of the half. The end of the half there, um, Ravens are up 6-3. to three. I'm sorry, Miami's up 6-3. to three. Okay. Going into the second half, Miami starts off heavy on 5-2, strong safety blitz. And then they get to a seven-man on the line blitz, get a sack on Lamar. Comes to another third down, incomplete. So you guys see the pattern here? Base package, they're going 5-2. Both linebackers creep up. Now they got seven on the line, or they bring just one linebacker up, and then the linebacker remaining basically at the snap of the ball switches. They kind of go into a meter, uh, almost like a QB spy, middle of the field zone, and then strong safety Javon Holland replaces him in that blitz, always blitzing off the edge. He either gets a full head start or he's at the corner of the line blitzing off the edge, and he's getting pressure every time. And Lamar's run around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to figure out how he can even get the ball off. So we're going to the next, next one. Result is a sack. They go cornerback blitz again, safety blitz again, and then they go into a cover zero. Cover zero, you're looking at eight guys blitzing with just um, three corners in the backfield. Ravens have no answer for it. Ends up in a sack. Ravens are now one for nine on third down conversions. Next series, they go to a covers. They go five two the first play, cover zero second play, and then into third down. Watkins catches it, re, um, fumbles, return for a touchdown. Miami's now at fifteen to three. The final three drives you're looking at. Let's see what I got here. Seven on the line. Okay, one two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight plays out of the next three drives are seven blitzing off the line with Javon Holland from strong safety leading the way, um, causing absolute mayhem in the backfield and disrupting Lamar. All right. So that's that's the end of uh, – that's the things I saw last week. A couple of things the Ravens did do well um, – not last week, last season. A couple of things the Ravens did do well – um, Andrews is pretty effective on some of those quick, short uh, pop passes. Um, unfortunately, I think what the Ravens' demise was was just the inability to adapt to what Miami's doing. If a team runs the same play, and the play is 5-2 base package, linebacker creeps up on the line for six, and then the strong safety creeps, either gets a running head start once again, or creeps up to the edge of the line and blitzes off the edge. 
to bring set. Uh, they're bringing a seven man, seven man pressure with two with a linebacker and a strong safety blitzing off the edge. That remaining linebacker drops back as a QB spy, or depending on what the Ravens throw out there, he's lining up on a tight end or a slot receiver, and we still couldn't take advantage of that. I don't expect. I mean, this is the NFL. Teams got film. These coaches are smart as hell, and I really don't see the the Miami doing a similar game plan to this because I mean it worked so well the first time. There's no way the Ravens are going to come in unprepared for it. But Miami does like cover zero packages, um, so I do expect to see that maybe on key third downs early on in the game to see if the Ravens can adapt and can overcome those issues. Um, let's talk about. I think the I think the main thing with this game really is going to be it's going to be Ravens offense versus the D line or these blitz packages that Miami comes up with. Miami has a strong defense, and then it's going to be Ravens D line versus Tua. I know they got receivers. I know they got we have a good secondary. That sounds like it'd be a key matchup. It's one of my key matchups. However, I think what's going to be crucial in this game is going to be will Tua. Can the Ravens make Tua uncomfortable enough to make good throws, make accurate reads, and be accurate on those deep ball passes? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to be able to do it if the Ravens are able to provide that pass rush and disrupt that backfield and offensive line. Um, as far as predictions for this game, I'm on the fence here. I, I would love to pick the Ravens, um, but... Here's what I'm going to, with this podcast, you're going to get you're going to get honest feedback from me. You're going to get honest analysis and I'm going to give you my honest opinion. I'm a Ravens fan, but that doesn't mean I got to wear the purple tinted glass all the time and try and feed you guys, you know, oh, Ravens are going to win this game. Lamar's greatest quarterback ever. Oh, blah 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 blah. Nope. I'm going to be objective and I'm going to give you my honest opinion. So, I'm going to go Oh man, I really don't know. The one thing the Ravens got going from this game that gives them, a, I think, the slight advantage, it's a home opener. Lamar's 3-0 home openers in Baltimore, and I don't think the Ravens have lost a home opener since 2016. Um, so did I just jinx them? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just spitting out facts. But I'm going to go with the Ravens. I, I gotta, I'm going to go with the Ravens with the slight advantage being it's at home with the home opener, and the Ravens love the ball out in Baltimore. So, I'm going to go Ravens win a very close game. I didn't look at the spread of this game, but I'm going to go Ravens win. I'm going to go another 24-point game for the Ravens offense versus, man, 21. I'm going to go 24-21 Ravens. Ravens win a close one, 24-21 at home, and move on to 2-0. So that's all I got for today, guys. I appreciate, hopefully, this gave you some good intel and some things to watch for the game this weekend. Um, let me know if there's anything. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm super busy in the next couple weeks. Um, so I probably won't, I won't have a game preview for the next week. I won't be able to do a game recap of this week. So let me know. Hopefully, we'll see how my predictions go. We'll see how my analysis goes. But um, I really enjoy watching um, game game film and kind of giving you guys 
something to look at, a sneak peek into what's coming this week and what happened the previous week. So let me know how it's going. Let me know how I can improve. Let me know what's good, what's bad. And then, um, you know, if anyone's willing to hop on and join me on here, I'm more than happy to talk some football with another Ravens fan. But that's going to be it for me for today and for this week. Ravens versus Dolphins. It's going to be a really good game. Tune in. And uh, let's see if any of the stats or any of my analysis uh, makes sense this weekend and see if my prediction is hopefully true. Ravens 24, Dolphins 21. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Preach you guys. I appreciate you guys. Comment, like, share the podcast with other Ravens fans, other NFL fans. And I really appreciate it. And for now, signing off. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some football this weekend. Thanks, everybody.